got to have time freedom, financial freedom, and mental freedom. And I believe that the, the very best way to do that is by having an audience. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. In the last episode of the Marketing Matrix podcast, Josh Forty let us in on the secrets of the lifeblood of every business. Be sure to catch that episode if you have not yet listened to it. Today, we're continuing the conversation with Josh as he reveals the secret of the gold in every business. Guys, we are talking about the audience man himself. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Welcome to The Marketing Matrix. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am here with the incredible, talented, noteworthy Josh Forty. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Lisanne, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited for this. Oh, when when um, we finally set a date, we had to reschedule it like, what, like 10 times? But when we finally got it, I was like, heck yeah. It's going to be so much fun. I'm excited. We are so excited. So for those of you that don't know Josh, I want to take a second to introduce this incredible person and entrepreneur. So Josh Forty is a millennial thought leader, social media marketer, and founder of the Think Different Theory who chooses to see the world, people, and reality not for what it is, but what it can be. By the age of 26, Josh had started and sold two companies, grown and managed 6 million plus followers on social media, generated over 3 million in revenue for clients and students, and made a statement in the world of social media and online marketing. He has spoken on stages across the country and has been featured in Forbes, The Today Show, Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and GCTV. That was like so many places I had to like take a breath in the middle. (laughs) Josh's why or his purpose in life is to inspire others to break free and find their purpose, know truth, and define their own destiny so they fall in love with life and make the world a better place. And on a personal note, I've had the opportunity to get to know Josh in a more intimate setting, probably just really this year, because it was at this most recent Funnel Hacking Live. Guys, we literally, when we were at Steve Larson's event, we like, part, part of it, we like took over a, a dinner dining room hall and our conversation went so long, we like took it out into the hotel lobby. But we like talked about all the real and the deep stuff, like from the get go. We were talking about God. We were talking about what it matters to us. We were talking about family and the great aspects and the struggling aspects that we have going on in each of our families. I mean, Josh is like a cut the fluff, get down to business. (laughs) Let me look into your soul and get in there type guy. So anyway, Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to one, be my friend and see me and two, taking the time to be on the marketing matrix. Oh man, I'm so excited. And you're right. I'm, um, I don't do small talk well. And I have nothing against small talk if that's your thing, right? It's just not my thing. And I'm like, hey, if we're going to talk, if we're going to spend our precious seconds of this life alive, let's, uh, let's talk deep. So, no, I'm excited. This will be good. I love it. Well, I would love for you, in your words, to kind of give us the story of how did you get into entrepreneurship? How did you come to the, the um, epiphany of needing to do Think Different Theory? Yeah. Uh, give us the backstory of all this. Yeah. So, oh man. So I grew up on a farm. Um, actually, so I was born in Wisconsin uh, at the age of one, my parents moved to Los Angeles and I grew up as a child in the suburbs of LA until I was 11. But then when I was 11 years old, which is like when you start remembering stuff, right. Um, that's when we moved out to a, a farm in Indiana. So I grew up from age 11, 12 ish, all the way up until about age 21 on a farm. And 
that, that's where I learned the values, right, of life, like of hard work and of treating people with respect. And like my parents were super, super awesome um, in the sense of like, I'm super lucky. They're still together today. They love each other. Like I have um, six, well, seven brothers and sisters, six of them still alive today. So like I grew up in a very loving setting, but one that was um, like, we weren't super successful by any means. We weren't poor, but we were definitely like that middle-class paycheck to paycheck type of thing. And so for me, like a lot of the problems, cause you know, everybody has problems, right? But a lot of the problems that my family faced a lot of the stress all revolved around money and a lot of my immediate friends or, or people that we hang, hung out with like that was the same thing it was always can we do this well the first question was do we have the money for it right or, or what does money look like and so for me like success equal if i just had money to do whatever i want that would be great right and so i got into entrepreneurship kind of on that basis i mean there's a little bit more to the story than that but essentially it was i want to be my own boss i want to get rich right and so I get into the entrepreneurship world. I, I um, was in the Instagram game first and everyone's like freaking out about TikTok right now. Like Instagram was the same thing back when I got started, right? Like anybody could get on Instagram and grow, you know, 10,000 followers in, you know, a month or, or more. And so, um, but like I actually made an agency out of it. And so uh, we ended up growing a bunch of followers on there. Uh, fast forward a year and a half from there, a business partner separation later, but, but another company later. I was doing 50 or $60,000 a month. So like at 23 years old, who for a kid that grew up making $25,000 a year, like I had more money than I had ever seen before in my life. Yet there I was and like flying to Miami, flying to Los Angeles, flying, going to Vegas, hanging out with the high rollers, people betting $10,000 a hand. I wasn't, but like that was this life. And like, I was really, really miserable. And like I had kind of gotten away from my family value. I mean, I, I didn't really ever turn away from like God or, or like that type of thing, but like I certainly wasn't involved in it, right? Like it was kind of like a money grab, however fast I could make money. But I remember at the end of 2017, going into 2018, um, like sitting there kind of going, okay, like something's got to break, right? I'm making 50, 60 grand a month. I'm spending 30, $40,000 a month just to fix my problems every month because I'm, you know, problems up to my neck all the time, all, you know, clients upset. And so long story short, like I kind of had a, a crash moment at that quarter life crisis, if you want to call it, where I went from, all right, I'm at the top, woohoo, right? To cancel, like cancel everything. All call clients go from 50,000 a month to $3,000 a month in 24 hours, like seven days depressed in bed, just like rock bottom. And that is kind of what like a life-changing moment there, right? And for the next seven months, that's what got me into mindset. That's what got me into personal development. It was that moment of like, if mindset's the answer, I guess I don't know what that is, right? And so I went to go study that and figuring out that. And that led me to kind of just sharing. I, I create a lot of content that I always have ever since I got into the online space. So I started sharing my journey. People were like, Josh, we need a podcast. We need something from you. And so that's when we started Think Different Theory. That started in January of last year. Um, and then my brother passed away in a helicopter crash. And I know this kind of, you know, longer story, but uh, long story short, you know, I had an older brother. I'm the second oldest. I had one older brother. He left behind a, a pregnant wife and a five-year-old son. Really, really messed up my life, um, you know, at the beginning of last year. So uh, I ended up parting ways or, or selling my half of my business to my business partner, going on a world trip, kind of traveling around the world, getting some perspective, studying God, studying philosophy, purpose in life, kind of things like that. And um, did think different theory the entire way, documented all of the thoughts, all of everything that was kind of going in my head through the whole process of it. Um, through that. And here we are today, building audiences and having fun. We're, we're back into the marketing game uh, now. Have a little bit more level head on my shoulders of, of what's, what's done. But uh, now we get to work with really cool people like Russell Brunson and Steve Larson and Brad Gibb and all sorts of fun people, just helping people change the world by building audiences. So there, there's a, a long, long story in three, five minutes. Yeah, well, not only, I mean, it's an amazing story. And what I think is, is crazy is like how, how many hard hits you had in like <laughs> such a short period of time. I mean, yeah. that is, it's like, it's like you concentrated like a decade of, of tough into like an 18 month period. Yeah. I always tell people that, um, you know, 2020 has wrecked most people's lives with COVID, right? Uh, like 2020 is really bad for a lot of people. I was like, my end of 2018, 2019 is most people's 2020, right? But like, 
at an extreme, extreme level. And I'm not trying to downplay anything that's going on in here. My 2020 has been great, but not, you know, not because of, you know, anything that I did. It's just, uh, that's where my life is. Right. But we all go through our struggles. And so like wherever you're at right now, like somebody else that appears to be killing it right now, either has already gone through or will go through it again. Right. So like, just stay on your journey because we've all gone through something like that. And we've all gone through like that lowest moment of, I mean, when my brother passed away, it's like, you're sitting there and you're like, wow. Right. Like now what? Right. And it's like, I mean, that was my best friend. That was my, the person that I trusted more than anything. We were, I was supposed to go see him in a month and and hang out for a week. Like, you know what I mean? Like so many things there. And so like, those are dark moments, but if you can continue to master your mind and continue to go, okay, Tony Robbins, what does Tony Robbins say? Life happens for you, not to you. Right. And I'm like, all right, I don't know how, but like, if I can choose to see that even then, then I know life's going to be better. So yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't, I, I, it will always be painful. Oh, it will like those experiences will always be fa- be painful. But what was it? Was there like something in particular that helped you make the shift to like step through the pain being an enabling thing? Where I mean, you, you probably wouldn't have think different theory today had those experiences not happened. And not to right. say that like you wouldn't take them back if you could. I mean, you totally would if you could have your brother back. I know right. you'd choose your brother over that. But like, how how did you make that shift to? using it as this platform for truth seeking, asking the raw questions, like how did, how did that happen? Yeah, man, I, I don't know if I actually know the answer. Um, I would say that it was a, a large testament to how I was raised. Um, I believe very strongly that you have a choice in everything, right? And I know a lot of people don't think that way, but like, I believe, you know, my mom, I was homeschooled. So my mom did a really good job of making me read like philosophy books in high school. I hated it. Right. Like at the time I'm like, this is the stupidest thing. I will never use this. Right. But that understanding of a perspective of the world, I remember reading a book called understanding the times. Right. And it's like, the Christian philosophy versus the Muslim philosophy versus the, you know, all these different cultural philosophies of basically how the world is shaped. And so when Kyle died and like, when you're in that moment, you go, this is messed up. Right. But because I inherently believe that I have a choice, I don't know what that choice even entails. Right. I don't even know what that necessarily looks like, but I know that I, I get to choose how I respond to this. And so I think when you, when there's a, an underlying belief that that is how the world works, which came from studying philosophy, which came from studying God, which came from studying how the world is put together, right? I go, okay, I do have a choice, all right? And I can either make this situation worse or I can make this situation better for myself and for the others around me. So what do I need to do to make the situation better? I didn't know what that was, right? But I knew that I... I knew that there was a right response and a wrong response when it came to more pain or less pain, learning or not learning. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible pretty heavily. I believe in, I, I believe in religion pretty heavily. Uh, I think most religion is crap or uh, most religious people, I should say, are crap. But like whether it's Catholicism or Mormonism or Christianity or like whatever it is that you're into or speaking to, I believe God can speak to you there, right? And so when you seek that, and when you go to that, call it comfort, call it whatever, I believe that life can be better when you apply what God or the higher power or whatever you want to call it. When you listen to that voice, I believe that that, that thing, that spiritual being empowers you to, to go out there and, and make the world better. And so my perspective through it was, okay, my brother's message was bringing people together. I mean, the dude had over a thousand people RSVP for his funeral in the middle of a blizzard. I mean, like every, both sides of the aisle, he was was in politics, right? So right people, left people, black people, white people, gay people, straight, like everybody, all different types of people were there. And I'm like, okay, he left that behind. How do I carry that on, right? Like that's something I can do, right? Like, and I identify, okay, like that's a choice I can make to go through and make this this better. And by focusing on those things, like I think people want to figure out the whole path before taking the first step. And it's like, I, I, sometimes you just got to take that first step and you're like, okay, that, that's, that seems right. Like that's where we're going to go. And so uh, I think that's probably what it was for me was, was figuring out, okay, I know I have a choice. I fundamentally believe that. So what choice is it that I need to make that makes the situation best? 
That's amazing. And, and one thing that it really stuck out to me as, as you're sharing this, and I appreciate your willingness. I mean, I, I know I can go deep with you because that's just <laughs> the kind of guy that you are. Um, but I loved how you distilled it down to your beliefs. I truly believe that your beliefs determine your actions and that yeah. we can choose our beliefs. Yes. And so if you want to change your actions, you have to change your beliefs. And I love how you just like, you, you really captured that right there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean, and you know, Katie Richardson, I'm, I'm obviously a huge fan of Katie. Uh, she's my, my coach. Um, and um, one of the things that she really drives home a lot is she's like, Josh, how you show up determines the outcome, right? It's like how you show up to a situation will largely predetermine the, the outcome of, of that. And if you show up and say, this sucks, this is terrible, and there's nothing I can do, then guess what? It's probably going to suck, be terrible, and not give you much choice. But if you show up and go, okay, this sucks, but I'm going to choose to see the bright side. I'm going to show up in power. I'm going to show up serving. I'm going to show up selfless. I'm going to show up with an open mind to say, what can I learn from this and how can I apply? Like, that's everything. And I think that's true in all areas of life. I know this is a marketing podcast, like in marketing as well, right? Like, I believe that there's, you know, marketing tactics. I believe there's marketing strategies, right? But I do believe that if you're a genuine human being and you genuinely do want to serve, that in and of itself isn't enough, right? Like you do actually have to show up. You do have to have a good product. You do have to know what you're doing, right? But like the intentions behind how you show up and create those things, I really do believe matter. And I've seen that over and over and over again. I, I was on the phone with somebody yesterday. We, we did a sales call. And I was like, why are we on the sales call? And she's like, because you're the only person I, I see in marketing that I believe actually cares. Like that was her response, right? And I'm like, I don't market that. I don't run a Facebook ad that's like, I care about you more than the next person does. But how I show up, right? How you show up, I really do believe does that. So I, I, everything I believe comes down to belief and actions. I love it. I love it. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. Okay, so I want to change shift focuses for just a minute. And let's talk about Think Different Theory and what you're doing right now. So yeah. I've had the opportunity to work with Josh over the last little bit over a month with his Facebook ads. And you just had a huge launch. Yeah. I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you're doing in your business and why you're doing it. Yeah. Oh, man, this is such so good. So, um, so I have a big vision, right? Uh, think Different Theory is based out of the idea and the premise that if you ask better questions in life, you get better answers. And then if you have better answers, you have better information, then you can basically go out and learn to be successful in all areas of life, right? In all areas being health, wealth, you know, relationships, spirituality, like all, all areas of life, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. What's my dream job, right? And it kind of my dream thing is like, I look at Joe Rogan, I look at Christian apolog apologists, and I'm like, if I could merge the two, where I could be in front of a microphone my whole life, right? And talk about like Christianity and religion and, and mindset and business, like that would just be the dream, right? But I'm like, all right, in order to build that, I actually have to build it, right? I have to have a real business. And I, I fundamentally believe that if you talk about a problem and you do not propose a solution, you're simply complaining, right? If, you're, if you don't propose solutions, if you don't have a way to change it, then you're literally just complaining. And so I'm like, all right, the purpose of Think Different Theory right now and what we're doing with Think Different Theory right now is we're building products and building trainings and providing education that teaches people the how-to, the actual applicable, the actual way to go out and change your life, right? After that's built, then we can go out there and start filling it up with, with people that need to change their life. But I actually have to propose like good ideas first. And so what we're doing right now is we're creating the frameworks and creating the products that around being able to, if I were to reverse engineer my goal in life, and, and you kind of read it there, is to empower people to create their own reality so they can go out and become the best version of themselves and so they can go out and change the world for the better, right? And so I'm like, okay, what do you got to do to create your own reality? Like, what does that even look like, right? And I believe that there's four types of freedom. I teach three of them. There's financial freedom, there's um, time freedom, there's uh, mental freedom, and then there's spiritual freedom. I'm not to the spiritual freedom part quite yet, right? I talk about it. I don't teach it, right? I, um, or I don't sell it, right? Um, but I believe that if in order to create your own reality, you've got to have those three levels of freedom. You've got to have time freedom, financial freedom, and mental freedom. And I believe that the, the very best way to do that is by having an audience. If you have an audience, if you fundamentally understand what goes into building an audience and having a message and having loyal followers and, and being strong on your beliefs and having frameworks that give people a result, like when you understand those things, that allows you to have freedom in those areas. I believe that is the best vehicle or the best way to go about achieving that freedom. I'm not saying it's the only way. I say, I believe it's the best way, right? 
And so what Think Different Theory is about right now and the launch that we just did is empowering people on how to build audiences. Why? So that they can go out and, you know, the, the underlying why behind it, create their own reality, become the best version of themselves, change the world for the better or how they see fit, right? And so um, that's what we're doing. And that's what the launch was about. That's what, you know, the products that we're building from the Mindshift Playbook, which is, um, I know is going to be in your stuff. I wrote that to do mindset, right? And that's 70 pages of like nonstop goodness, five sections on how to rewrite, wire your brain, how to, to reprogram it, how to fix your mind. Um, we partner with Brad Gibb, who I know you know on the finance side of things. That man fundamentally changed my life when it came to finances. Um, and then, you know, the, the time side of things is when you have an audience, when you have your dream customer, and when you're working with people that actually want to pay you money, like don't just tolerate paying you money, but are actually like, no, here you go. Like, no problem. Here it is. Like that brings so much time and financial freedom on that, uh, on that front and allows you to, to really be empowered to make good decisions as well. So we teach wildly profitable audiences. Once we get that down and systemized and, you know, grow that up, then we're going to shift into creating more viral content of like helping people think, helping people free their mind and, and stuff like that. I love it. Okay. So let's dive into this topic of audiences because right. it's, it's a fascinating topic and we're, we're not guys, we're not just talking about like a custom audience and Facebook, even right. <laughs> talk about Facebook, but like, how do you define an audience? And I would also like for you to talk about if you, if you could, the life cycle of an audience, because it takes a lot of momentum for it to get started before it starts propelling itself. And like, what, what are those initial phases? What do they look like? And yeah. then how, how does, where's the tipping point where it, they, it just starts to take care of itself and it's just a snowball. You know, I was talking to Catherine Jones just last week and we were talking about how um, your business at first, it's like you're pushing this boulder up the hill and it's so hard and like you're just all this momentum and you're taking so much energy, but then there's this point where it goes over the crest and then you're chasing your business down the hill yeah. and yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, come back, come back. Like it's, it's kind of going out of control. So like, what are audiences going back yeah. to that? What are audiences and, and what's the life cycle of them to yeah. get to a point where it takes over and yeah. just creates incredible momentum for you? Yeah. I love that. Um, one of the things that I throw rocks at, right. If, if you will, um, is I don't teach people how to get followers. I don't teach people how to get members to their group. Like, yeah, it's, Yes, we do do those things, right? Like, yes, I've grown and managed 6 million followers on social media. But there was a time in my life where I was managing almost 3 million followers, 3 million followers on Instagram. And I was making combined with my business partner, like $100,000 to $150,000 in sales a year. And then we split and I went to a Facebook group of 5,000, not even 5,000 people, it was a few thousand people in it that actually knew me, that actually like bought into my messaging. And I had no idea. And I was like, well, I need money, so let me... Let me make him an offer. And I made him an offer and I made $42,000 in nine days. And I was like, what the, like, wait a second. F like less than 5,000 people, 3 million people. And I made half as much money in nine days as I did in an entire year almost with it. Like, what was the difference? And like, that's when I started to understand audiences. An audience of people is a, a group or a segment of people that are really sold on your message and are bought into the future-based cause of whatever it is that you're trying to do and understand the vehicle that you're proposing to get there, right? Like that's really what an audience is. And like me, I focus on customers because I'm, you know, help business people. So I'm like, hey, if, if you're not a buyer, then we're not really interested in you right now, at, not at the beginning, right? Because we've got to actually create sustainable change, sustainable growth that only comes through revenue. And so for me, I, I do focus on the customer aspect of things, but I think where people go wrong is that they think that they think that people follow them because they're producing content. They think they, that people follow them because they edit their pictures well, or because they have cool edits in their YouTube things. And like that gets to some attention, but that's not why people stick around. That's not what builds an audience. That's not what gets people to buy into or create any form of lasting change. What does that is your message. And what does that is your ability to communicate your message to your audience in a way that they understand and then give them a real tangible step, a real tangible framework that they can understand that says, okay, if I follow this path, I can get to that result, that, that end goal of wherever it is that I'm after. And so whether it's, you know, I work with Brad Gibb, right? His is financial freedom in 10 years or less. That's a great slogan. It's a great saying. It wouldn't mean anything unless there was an, a tactical game plan attached to it. There is the four core, four pillars, right? So if you follow that, now all of a sudden that becomes attainable. Now I have an audience. 
because now, now there's a message. Okay, we're after freedom. We're after a target of freedom in X number of time. Now, how do I get there? And then that tipping point, kind of going to that second thing, happens when, and I got to back up. Have you ever read the book Tribes by Seth Godin? Such a good book. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay, he talks about, in that book, he's like, okay, in order for a tribe to happen, the leader needs to be able to talk to the community. The community needs to be able to talk to each other. And the community needs to be able to talk back to the leader. The point on, on which your audience starts to go on autopilot is when you come in and you give them the message, you help them, help them buy into the vision, right? You, Russell Brunson's expert secrets framework, right? Pick your enemies, throw rocks, all that shit. But essentially it's your message and future-based cause and then your framework to get them there. When it becomes the tipping point and becomes the audience is when there is a collective group of people that are bought in it together and they feel a connection to each other. When they, when you can create that connection to each other, that identity of like, no, we are funnel hackers. We are New England Patriots. We are like, name your organization that you find identity in. When there's that identity created there and somebody else can look across the figurative room, right? Or online and go, I know that person, they're like me. And that association comes through your message and that identity there. That is when your audience hits that tipping point and it's lights out from there because now you're not the one that's pushing that rock anymore. Now you're pushing the, you're starting to push the rock, but now all these other people are still pushing the rock. And if you stop pushing the rock, guess what's going to happen? They're still going to keep pushing the rock because they believe in the vision. They believe in that message just as much as, well, never just as much as you do, but like they believe in it just like you do. And now all of a sudden you've got this community that's like, sell us more stuff give us more information, tell us what is next, because they're looking to you as the leader to say, okay, like you're the one that put us on this path, where do we go now? And that's oh. like, that's what we teach people to do with, with audiences is create that. So good, so good. Okay, so I have a couple more questions on this topic for you. First okay. is, so there, there's the, the, the saying floating around in business marketing land that you need, um, and if you know who said it, then you can tell me, you probably do. But like you need a you need one thousand true fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you believe in that? Is that is that something that you're like? Yes, yeah. like that. That's that's a good. I yeah. I I believe that. I believe in the concept of what he's saying. Yeah. I, like I I do believe. Like I don't. I don't think your target necessarily has to be a thousand true fans. But like I think that the byproduct of good marketing when you grow a movement results in that. And if you did make that your target, that would be like, you would have success. But I do believe about that metric. Like when you have a thousand people and Russell Brunson said it in dotcom secrets, I don't remember the guy who initially said it. Um, but like when you have a thousand diehard fans, like that will buy absolutely everything that you sell, put out, show up to whatever. That is kind of like that freedom tipping point where you're like, okay, like it, very hard to go back from that, right? Like now, now you're well on your way of that. So yes, in concept, I do believe that. I don't believe that that necessarily has to be the focus, but I do believe that any successful audience does already have a thousand true fans. Yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. So, so believing more necessarily in the concept than like the number 1000. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's a byproduct and but in principle, yes, I agree yeah. 100% with Okay, cool. So, and from working with you, I've, I've, there was something that you said that really caught my attention is you talked about how you need to be simple in your strategy and delivery of your message and like pick like one platform and base everything off of that thing. Can you speak into that and like what you, what you meant? Um, yeah. Cause as I was working in like on your ad copy and are talking about that, that was something you kept harping on is to like simplify yeah. this process. Yeah. So like, I think, you know, the idea of omnipresence, the idea of, you know, hundred pieces of content today on every platform, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about is like fun and great in concept, right? Like, and if you are worth a hundred million dollars and have a full production team, that may be achievable, right? But do you know how hard it is to understand every single different platform and produce that amount of content? Like that's a really difficult thing. And so, I mean, I get asked literally every week, right? Every time I'm on, you know, doing any form of Q and A, Josh, what platform should I start? Should I start a podcast or should I do a Facebook group? Like, you know, like what should I do? Or an Instagram or a YouTube? Like what's the best one? And like, I think 
going back to the purpose of Think Different Theory, I think if you ask the wrong questions, you're going to get the wrong answers. You're going to get the wrong information, right? Like the question is not which platform should I start? The question is which platform is going to accomplish my goal, right? And so that's why, and I taught in the five-day workshop, going back to the book Tribes, I'm like, what, what actually allows us to have an audience? So going back to exactly what I said earlier, the leader has to be able to talk to community, community has to be able to talk to each other, and the community has to be able to talk back to the leader. So like in your messaging, I'm like, start at square one. What thing allows that to happen? Like if you're going to have an audience, if you're going to have like a movement of people, what thing, what platform allows for those three things to take place and for you to deliver your message in the simplest format? The only standalone platform by itself that allows you to do that is a Facebook group. Now, is that the only way you can create that? Well, no, like you could have a podcast and then you could have like another channel tied to that where it allows feedback, maybe a, you know, a podcast plus a, a Pinterest board or, you know, I don't know, right? Like you can create different combinations of that goal, but in reality, you just need to figure out how do I accomplish that, right? And so people overcomplicate audiences. They overcomplicate marketing. And it's like, should I use Facebook ads or should I do organic or should I do JVs or should I do whatever? It's like, well, don't, none of those things really matter, right? The question is, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Like, what is it that you actually need to do? Look at that and simplify everything down around that. So when it comes to like messaging, people are like, well, what's my message? I'm like, well, okay, do you know what makes up a message? They're like, well, I don't know. Like Russell Brunson has a message of like, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, so what actually makes up a message? Okay, you, in order for a message to work, you have to have a who, you have to have a, you know, a current place that they're in, you have to have a, a future desire, and then you have to have a, a way of getting them there, right? Like that's a message. So if you're trying to figure out what your message is, figure out the elements of the, that message and answer those questions. If you can answer those questions, now you have a message. Okay, great. Now there's your message, right? Now, when it comes to building an audience around that message, it's like, okay, what do I need to make an audience successful? Not what platform do I need? but what do I actually need to accomplish? And when, like, I've always wanted to do a podcast episode or just have a whole podcast around, like, just how to think. Because I think that one of the biggest problems in, I'm going to speak to America, probably the world, but for sure America today, is that people don't know how to think. And it's like, if you think all the way through a situation and go, what makes a Facebook group successful? What makes an audience successful? You've got to actually think all the way through and go, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish first? And if you start there and work backwards, then you're going to have a much easier time with it. But people want to get so caught up in the semantics of everything of like, they're doing 75 things here. And I'm like, yeah, and I do three. And I achieve the exact same result because I focus on the three that actually matter. That's what I mean by simplify it down. Does that make sense? I love it. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. Oh, guys, I really hope that you like, however you're listening to this, whether it's in the car or in your kitchen or whatever, find a way to take notes because this is gold. I love it. <laughs> and by the way, you need to have that episode. You, your show is Think Different Theory anyway. Right, right. So you probably should. It's just one of those things where I always hate telling people how to, how to do something, right? Like uh, I'll outline and I'll suggest things. Like for example, we have a, an episode about like everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter, right? And I'm like, I open up that episode. I'm like, I'm not here to tell you how, what to think. I'm, a, I'm here to show you a different perspective, right? Like, and that's kind of the angle I like to take. Because once again, going back to choice, like you have a choice, like you can choose how to think, you can choose how you're going to act. I'm simply saying, hey, here's my perspective. Just like when I go and learn something, I don't take Russell Brunson at his word. And like, I love Russell, we're friends, right? But like, I'm like, if he says something, I'm going to go validate it. I'm going to go see other perspectives. I'm not going to blindly follow something. So I don't like people telling people what to do, but rather how I do it to broaden that perspective of you know what I, mean? I love it. I love it. Okay. So you, you dropped a, you dropped a little, uh, open loop in there. You said, I do three things. Mm. So like, what are your marketing strategies <laughs> in your company right now? Oh man. Um, first thing is, is like, we, we really make good products like from, and I'm going to get like tactical here, right? Like, like if you want like the actual tactical, not like overview level, like obviously we have a good message. Obviously we know our why, right? Like, but from an, like considering you are a company that, that is in business and you know the direction that you're going, I'm not talking about complete newbies here, right? Like if you're a newbie, like a little bit further along here. Okay. But like, if you have a business, the first thing that, and I learned this from more than anybody else, I learned this from uh, Sam, Sam Ovens and Dan Henry. 
um, which was you've, you've got to build great products. Like if, if your products aren't good, like it doesn't matter how good your marketing is. And so um, that's the first thing. It is a meticulous, like I feel like a lot of people in this whole marketing game, especially in the online space, it's like, what's the least I can do, the least I can show up for and still make the sale without refunds? I'm like, what's the absolute most I can do, make it absolutely perfect. And then how can I remove myself from the situation without sacrificing that quality, right? So like number one, first thing that we do is make great products because that people will talk about great products more than anything else. That's the first thing. The second thing from a marketing perspective is we create really, really good content, right? And like a lot of it. And I don't like, everyone's like, is it quantity or quality? Like it, there is an element of both. You want to create as much possible content of quality that you can. Right. And so for me, I produce three podcast episodes a week. We break that down into micro content. I do Instagram stories every day. I do Facebook posts. And so like we produce a lot of content, but it's maxed out based on the systems we have right now, optimizing for quality. I'm not going to sacrifice quality for quantity, but I am going to do as much as that. So the second thing from a marketing, from a tactical perspective is we create a lot of content and we make sure that that gets distributed. That there, the consistency and the compound effect of creating content is probably the biggest thing from a, if I was a complete newbie, like that's the thing that changed my life the most, right? Like if, if you were to come to me and be like, Josh, how do I change my life? I have absolutely no money, right? Like I have absolutely nothing. I would say go produce one Facebook live every single day, every single day for the next year and come back to me and tell me that your life is not completely different because it's, it's fundamentally impossible. If you make the decision not, I will make a Facebook live if I have something to talk about, but rather I will do a Facebook live regardless, or I will do a podcast regardless of whether or not I have something to talk about. It's amazing how creative you get. And when you allow your brain to be creative, the ripple effects of that are just insane. So I would say first is make great products. Second is produce high quality content. And third is get a freaking coach. I mean, like, I know that's not like a tactical thing, but like when you get a coach, you learn how to teach better. And I believe that probably one of the biggest reasons that I am is where I'm at today in my life is because of my ability to teach and communicate to my audience, communicate to my customer, my message and what I do. That came by getting coached and watching how other people coach. I learn probably just as much from watching and having a coach that as I do from what the coach actually teaches me. Like my coach, Katie Richardson, I pay her $5,000 a month. That is a $60,000 a year coach. That is not cheap, right? But I learn not only so much from what she teaches, but how she shows up, how she teaches, how she lives her life, how she you know, runs her business. And I get to see behind the scenes of that. When I hired Dan Henry, when I hired Sam Ovens, when I like, I am paying to learn how to communicate. I am paying to see what it is that they do. When you focus on how you communicate and how you're able to communicate to your customers and you focus on that and you have a great product and you are creating a lot of content, which is basically the implementation of communication, right? Your whole life changes, your entire business changes because by default, like you should go back and see my first videos that I ever did on YouTube. Like I have them, they got four views. Like I have screenshots of them and it's the most painful, cringeworthy thing I've ever watched, right? But it's like, that's where I started. And I learned to communicate by going and saying, okay, how's Russell doing it? How's Dan doing it? How's Sam doing it? How's Ty doing it? How's Grant doing it? How's Gary doing it? And like going and actually learning and going, okay, now let me go and practice, create content. Okay, now that I'm producing content, I need to call to action. I need to monetize. What do I need? I need a great product. And like those three circular things have fundamentally changed my business and my life. Oh, I love it. So good. So good. Okay. So one, one last, uh, marketing type question. And then, and then we're, unfortunately we're going to have to wrap this up and probably have you on the show again, because we are just started. Um, okay. So the last piece is, uh, I would love for you to talk about your thoughts in organic versus paid advertising, uh, in, in building audiences, because, uh, for, for two reasons. One, I have, helped both types of entrepreneurs, some that do that are that are doing a little bit of mixture of both, some that are primarily organic, like yourself, um, some that are strictly paid, and they all it all has their each each way has its pros and cons. But I would love your perspective on paid and organic and, yeah. and how, how they should play together. 
Yeah, for sure. Man, um, there was an experiment I watched one time, and you may have seen this. There was a guy, he was like, I'm going to put out a fire with gasoline. And you're like, how's that even possible? Like, gasoline's super flammable, right? And so he goes, he lights this match, he puts it on the ground, and like the match is going. And then he takes this, I don't know, it's like a gallon of gasoline or whatever, and he goes, and he like just throws it on it, and the match goes out. It doesn't light up because of just, it was literally just engulfed. It ripped all the oxygen away from it, and out the flame goes. So rather than lighting it up, it just literally suffocated it and, and killed it. I feel like that's what most people are trying to do with their marketing, right? Like the, your flame needs to be big enough by organic. Organic in and of itself, with the exception of if you're Prince EA or, you know, like something like that, like unless you're a, an actual viral genius, which even then I would argue that's, there's a lot of pay that goes into that, just not in an ad sent right, in the side of things. Um, your, your organic, you have to start with organic. Paid traffic is gasoline. That's what it is, right? If your organic strategy is, I have a match and it is lit. If you go and dump a bunch of ad spend on it, it's probably not going to do too much, right? And even if you do get it off the ground, it's going to be real messy, right? Take the time in your organic marketing to figure out your market, to figure out your offer, to figure out your message. And then as soon as you prove it, you go from match to campfire. Now put gasoline on it and make it a bonfire. And now burn the whole forest down, right? Like, like that's the process. And I think that like you're never, ever, ever going to be, be able to scale your business to millions and millions of dollars without paid advertising. It just won't happen, right? But you can have a massive, massive buck, uh, budget. I, I remember we were working one time with, man, I used to do big time Instagram campaigns, right? And this company came to us one time. They're like, we have a $60,000 budget. And I'm like, heck yeah. And they're like, here, it's yours. Go spend it. And I'm like, sweet. Like, what's the offer? And so, I don't know, it was like a physical product or whatever that they were selling. And I was like, sweet, what are like normal conversions? And they're like, oh, this is the first time we've ever sold it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Like, this is, like, this is not good. Like, we do not want to run this, you know, this, this campaign. And they're like, no, no. Like, we know it's awesome, blah, 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 blah. Like, just, just run it. And I'm like, so you're not going to be mad at me if we don't get any results. Because like, I, how? Like, why would we do this? And they're like, it's fine. It's just 60 grand. I'm like, well, when you're, I guess when you're super rich, I guess just 60 grand. And so we did it. And like, it didn't go well right? Like we spent way, way, way more money on ads than we made, right? Why? Because we just drowned out. Like we had no base to go off of. We had, we didn't know what the message was. We didn't know who the audience was. We didn't know, like we were just guessing. And so my advice to you is you do not need to run paid advertising to make your first dollar online. You can get that organically. What you sell, how you sell it, it's going to be slightly different, right? And I would say it's way easier to sell high ticket organically than it is to sell high ticket paid, right? But like, there's, there's, you have to have both if you want to scale. Start with organic, start a Facebook group, start a podcast, do whatever it is, prove in concept that it actually works, know your market, know your customer, know their pain points. Now go, once you have a proven funnel, once you have a proven organic strategy and say, okay, now how do we dump paid advertising on top of that? And then adjust, don't cancel, adjust your organic strategy to match what it is that you're going to do with paid. And the perfect example of this is in our, in our content within Given Theory. In, before I started writing paid advertising dollars behind it, I had to make our headlines and our episode titles and everything like the most clickbaity super, like to try to get, you know, like people to actually click on it and get downloads. But once I could start putting a little bit of advertising behind it, I could put 20 bucks in ads behind it. Now I could make that content a lot more like speaking to my ideal audience even more and just put, 20 or $50 in ads behind that episode and get just as much, if not more downloads and have a higher quality person right there. Because now I have both and I have a campfire to dump ads on, not a spark to jump ads on. So I would say that's my, my advice for people that are like, which one should I do? Like first you do organic and then you add paid to it and then never turn off the paid once you have a paid strategy that's working. I love that so much. And, and guys, I just want to reiterate Josh with, with this, just, just in some, some general numbers. So with, with Josh and with a few other clients just in the last month, I've had the opportunity who are, have built up their entire business over the last year or so with organic. And when they add paid to it, we'll spend something like two to four grand in ad spend in a pretty short period of time, you know, like we're, cause we're marketing a specific event. And these influencer guys are pulling in anywhere from 40 to a hundred grand 
off of, of course, there's tons of organic, but I mean, that is really how you need to leverage paid advertising. Whereas I have a select number of other clients where they view paid advertising as a key to get out of content creation and save their time and they'll spend four grand and and, and I mean, if it's an unproven funnel, it's even worse, you know, like they'll just right. like your experience with that 60,000, like they'll lose it or they're like barely breaking even. And they're like, this is just not worth it. Like people don't realize like how ads work often right. and how they work the best and that they take work. It's not just a set it and forget it type experience. Like right. they take work to dial in. And if you do the organic stuff first, it, it's so much more beneficial. Well, the other thing about ads is like, when you say like people don't get how they work guys like all an ad is is a placement of your content like that's it right so like if your organic content isn't working and then you just try to place it in a different location it's probably not going to work anyway because it didn't work before right so it's like figure out what works and then go cool who are more people like this already that i already have in front of me that i can place this content in front of because i already know that it works here but if it doesn't work in front of your current audience, why would it work in front of any other audience, right? And it's like that combination. And like you said, so like we just did a six-figure launch. Um, but I mean, that's what ended up being. And like, we're not even done with backend sales. Like it could probably, it might cross 200 grand, right? And in a matter of seven days, right? I, we promoted for, from like start to finish, from the time we turned on our first ad and made our first email to the time we closed cart was 21 days or 22 days, something like that, right? So like a, a relatively short period of time, and like, I think 34% or something like that of our opt-ins came from, from paid. Like by throwing a couple, couple grand in advertising behind it, we increased our opt-ins and our conversions by 30 something per, more, percent more people, right? And it's like, I did exactly zero more work outside of create a couple of ads, right? And so it's like, okay, great. I'm concept of leverage, right? How do I do more with the same amount of time? That's what paid advertising does. It's not... How do I build my organic strategy and then cut my organic strategy and replace it? It's no, I need to create my organic strategy. I need to make it sustainable. And now I need to turn on ads so that I can reach 10 times the amount of people for the exact same amount of work that I'm already doing. That like, that's the beauty of what advertising does. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. This is so good. All right, Josh, I always end with this question. And, and okay. the question is this, what is the biggest internal transformation that you've had during your entrepreneurial journey? Oh man that I like, I have a choice to determine the outcome of, of anything. Like, even if it's not my fault, I have, like, I have power. Like it, the only reason you don't, like the reason most people think they don't have power is because they don't choose it. And myself, first and foremost of this, like I would blame, well, what do you mean? It's, that's not my fault. I'm not the one that caused that. I'm not, and it's like, when I say it's not my fault, when I say it's not my whatever, like it gives up my power. It literally, and I don't mean power like in a greedy, power-hungry way. I mean, it gives up your ability to actually change for the better. And when I look at every situation and go, oh, no, how I choose to respond to this is going to affect the outcome, even if I'm not the one that is directly involved, how I choose to respond to it will affect the outcome. Like when you approach everything with that mentality, your whole life changes. Like the whole game changes. Because now when I'm having a problem with a friend or you know, my mom and I'm like, my mom is being ridiculous or my team is being ridiculous or whatever. I might not be in the wrong. I might be totally right. I'm the boss, right? Like I can do whatever I want. But when I go, Katie calls it going over the wall, right? When I realize that I have power in the situation, even if it's not my fault, even if I have no actual control, the way that I show up to something and the, what I choose, that, that shift there in my personal life is, was, has probably been the single biggest transformation of it. And that in, that in, um, like showing myself grace. Like, I think that was really big too. It mm -hmm. allowed me to, it allowed me to have more. I think we, we beat ourselves up way too much. Yeah. Those two I things. Totally agree. Oh, so good. All right. Well, this is Josh 40, everybody, Josh, how can people follow you, get in touch with you and understand more about audiences and your journey? Give us, give us the rundown. Okay. Awesome. Thinkdifferenttheory.com. Uh, name of the podcast, thinkdifferenttheory.com. If you go there, 
uh, slash listen take, will take you directly to the actual episodes. Um, but thinkdifferenttheory.com, we've got our Facebook group on there, um, which is called Wildly Profitable Audiences. You can join. Uh, Mindship Playbook is on there. We have tons of freebies on there. The podcast is on there. All of the information there. That's going to be the best place for informational purposes and to listen to the podcast. Thinkdifferenttheory.com, thinkdifferenttheory.com slash listen. And then if you want to contact me, do not send me a message on Facebook. <laughs> um, posting in my group is a good way to do it, but the best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram at Josh Forty. Um, I go through at least once a week, and usually multiple times a week, and go through all my messages that are like requested. I reply to everybody on there. I reply to all my comments on my pictures and images and stuff. Uh, so at Josh Forty on Instagram is going to be the best way to actually get in touch. I love it. All right, guys. Again, this is Mr. Josh Forty with the incredible Think Different Theory. Josh, thank you so much for bringing you your it. heart, bringing the real deal, and coming and just dropping loads of value. With Absolutely. Us today. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. We'll do it again. Thanks for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast today. And thanks so much to Josh for being here. And I hope that you all enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording, guys. It was seriously such a blast. We've got to have him on again. Next week, we'll get to sit down with Hernan Vasquez. He, as he imparts wisdom from the world of Facebook ads in marketing. This guy is a genius. He does the Facebook marketing for Frank Kern and other huge entrepreneurs. Uh, he's just seriously such a genius. So tune in next week to check him out. Have you joined the marketing conversations in my free Facebook group called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Brands? We want you to join the others working to master the ad game and scale their business. So to join that group, go to facebook.com slash groups slash ninjas. Also, remember, we are just chucking our marketing matrix toolbox full of resources for you to up your marketing game and get new ideas for how to shake things up and really make a difference in your business. So go to toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com to gain access to that wealth of resources and information to help you grow your business. Remember, these resources come from our wonderful guests. So it's like you're like, we're compiling every guest we've had on the show. And guys, we're coming up on the we're almost, we're almost into the, to the hundreds. So there are just so many resources here for you to take advantage of. So do not miss out on this. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to another wonderful episode of The Marketing Matrix.